Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the House of Pod. I'm Nadim, one of the producers for the show. If this is your first time listening, we're a medical, sort of, podcast where we try to discuss medicine and health in a relatable way, and we'll answer questions you don't feel comfortable asking your doctor and definitely won't bring up to your friends. This episode is part two of our two-parter with Sharky Laguana, founding member of rock band Creeper Lagoon. In part one, we talked about the health effects of the rock and roll lifestyle. While in part two, Sharky shares his medical experience when he was given what he thought was a death sentence. It's a great story about how to cope and how to advocate for yourself when you're feeling uncertain and conflicted. Stick around. The opinions expressed on this podcast are broadcasted for educational and informational purposes only and do not represent the opinions of our employers. These opinions are not intended as a diagnosis, treatment, or as a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment. Please consult a local physician or other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare and or medical needs or concerns. craziest medical stories I think you've ever heard in your life. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) I would be uh, remiss not to tell my own story um, just because it's, it's so off the chains um, and, and, you know, just remarkable. And, and I think um, objectively remarkable. I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll be the judge. All right. You, you can be the judge. I, I, I think you'll agree though. But, uh, so what's the best way to tell the story? All right. So I think I'll, 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 I'll just start. I usually it. tell my patients to bend over yeah. and, it won't, <laughs> and, it, and it won't hurt. Right, right, right. Just kidding. Uh, so uh, this story, I think, starts with um, just sort of like an odd feeling of unwellness that I couldn't quite 
pinpoint. Um, and I just assumed it was because I didn't exercise that much, maybe didn't eat that well or something. Is this recent? Can I start to interrupt? Yeah, no, this is, uh, two, I'm, we're, we're going back in time now, 2010. Okay. And uh, uh, so, you know, just odd feelings. And, and, um, and then I noticed I had a, a lump in my neck. And, uh, you know, do I do some rapid Googling? And I'm like, fuck, it's a fucking lymph node. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, all right, um, you know, what, what are all the possible options here? And, you know, of course, WebMD is like cancer, 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 cancer. And then um, herpes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We have to so, throw that in once an episode. At least so. once. So for once, I was like, you know, shit, please let it be herpes, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Uh, so I go see the doctor. The doctor's like, ah, you know, it's, you probably got an infection or something. It'll, it'll be gone and, you know, give it a couple of weeks. So, you know, I'm like, okay, have some anxiety about this, but two or three months go by and doesn't go away. So then he's like, all right, well, I can, uh, set you up with an appointment for a surgeon and, um, you know, we can do a, uh, a biopsy and, and see what's going on. So we set up the appointment, we get the biopsy, biopsy comes back clean. So it's like, okay, nothing's, nothing's going on. I guess it was just some weird thing. And, you know, and and the surgeon really didn't have much to add to that. He was like, oh, you know, sometimes these things don't go away. It was an infection, whatever, you know, but it's all good. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, you know, these sort of other weird things are kind of happening in the background. So I, I, like my skin starts to get these little red dots, petechiae, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, my feet are really cold, you know, when I'm at work and, um, I'm not connecting all of these things. Yeah. These are just, mm-hmm. uh, at, in, in real time, I'm not connecting. Oh, in them. my mind, I'm trying to uh, diagnose yeah. I'm, I'm you. Yeah. Up, I'm writing down like, it's like Felties like or yeah. something. Yeah. 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 So, um, then, uh, let's see, I, I go to... Does anyone check your vitamin levels at this point? Yeah, I, I did okay. full... Blood works, all normal. Somewhere along the way, I did blood works. Um, and uh, uh, then I go to uh, South by Southwest. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm at, it's a big music conference, and I'm going there. I, I think I was going there to speak, or I might have just been going there to... I forget why I was going there. Mm-hmm. for some reason. And I noticed that... I feel pretty energetic, but my legs don't like, I just don't want to walk. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like Hmm. that my legs are getting tired before I am. Uh, and, uh, I think uh, I got this. All right. So write um, it down. down. Okay. Well, I, I think you don't. (laughs) <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. Like, let you, you finish, and we'll diagnose yeah, you after. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, feel free to just blurt it out. No, no, no. I want to hear how this goes. Yeah. Well, I may I kind of feel like putting you on the spot and making you. Is uh, this uh, what? Do they ever use the term Guillain-Barré syndrome? Okay. So um, let's 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 lead. Petite. Let's let the story continue. Okay. <laughs> so, so, um, so like. Yeah, you know, my legs are tired. I'm like, what's going on? And then I had to go to Vegas for some conference and I barely could get out of the airport. And I was like, dude, this is fucked up. And I'm Googling like crazy and I'm like, compartment syndrome? I don't know, because yeah. I just started working out and 
the other thing, I was at the gym. I, I was at uh, the gym, and I was trying to do these uh, hamstring exercises. And I started off; I could only do 20 pounds, which was not a lot. Then, after like a week or two, I just started at the gym before yeah. all this happened. I was working out with the trainer. I was like, "Well, I'm going to be 40 soon, so I need to, you know, uh, pick up the pace in terms of, uh, yeah. you know, attention to health." So I, I started. I could do like 20 pounds, and then like after a couple of weeks, I could only do 10. Then we had to take the pin out completely. Hmm. Then I couldn't even do zero. Wow. And clearly, like, something was going on. Yeah. And uh, uh, so... Uh, I want to say PMR, polymyalgia. Oh, I like it too. But yeah. the fatigue, you, you, I don't you, get. Yeah. And the lymph node, I don't get. You're getting closer. You're yeah. getting closer. So um, so I, uh, I go see this doctor in Las Vegas um, while I'm there because I couldn't even barely make out of the airport. And I'm like dude, what's going on? And checks me out and he's like, well, you don't have any reflexes in your knees. And, uh, cause you know, I did the knee tap and, mm-hmm. and nothing happened. And he's like, dude, do me a favor, stand up. So I stood up. He's like, all right, stand on your toes. Couldn't. I couldn't stand on my toes. Just MS, ALS. Mm-hmm. These are all yep, yep. Your, mono. Your, your differential <laughs> is rock solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, we go, we go beyond just the poop, you guys. Yeah, right. So, well, this is, this is why you have to be board certified to look at poop. Right. Exactly. You got to be able to mm-hmm. sort of rule this other shit right, out. Right. right. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> so, um, uh, some, he's like, you know, I, th- I think you need to go see a uh, neurologist, um, when you get back to San Francisco. So yeah. I, I call, I set up the appointment, uh, go see the neurologist. He does a nerve conduction study. Uh, and it does show some slowing of, of the nerves in my mm-hmm. legs. And he goes, well, uh, you know, and this between setting up the appointment and doing it and then, you know, whatever, I, I forget, there might have been some delay. There's always delays. Right. Um, so it's like another couple of weeks. And meanwhile, like things are getting worse. Like, yeah. I'm starting to walk with a noticeable limp. Um, it's it's becoming more challenging. Uh, so he says, you know, I don't think you have ALS but I want you to see the world's top specialist on ALS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm Googling ALS, you know, like all crazy and, um, you know, freaking out about that and researching foot drop. And I'm like, well, I don't have foot drop. Uh, cause foot drops when, um, uh, you know, you can't pick your, your toes up yeah. off the ground. Plantar I, flex. I had, I, I had the opposite. So it's like, what the fuck? I, I can't make any sense out of this. So I go, I, I go see the guy. Um, who is fantastic, by the way. And uh, uh, he says, uh, you know, again, another couple of weeks go by. Meanwhile, I'm sort of now I'm, I'm at the point where I, I need help. Um, my wife has to hold my arm. Wow. You know, as, as we're uh, walking in and uh, he does a spinal tap and you know, sort of confirms that there's nerve conduction issues. And he says, well, you, you know, good news is you don't have ALS. He says, you know, I, I think based on what you're telling me, sounds like a, a, a chronic version of Guillain-Barre called COPD. Uh, sorry, not COPD, CP, CPID? I forget what it is. CIPD, CIPD. CIPD. Yeah. Sorry, COPD was what my mother-in-law had. Right. Yeah. So, it's a long issue. Yeah. So, uh, so he's like, I think he got CIPD. Yeah. Um, so he's like, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to get you with these, uh, IVIG infusions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, 
CIDP, chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy. Yes. Just, and I just Googled it. So it's basically the chronic version of Guillain-Barre. Mm-hmm. So Guillain-Barre is supposed to like sort of clear up sure. after six, four to six weeks mm-hmm. and then your, your body kind of returns. Right. If you have CIDP, it just sort of continues, you know, for a much longer period. But it should over time clear up. And so the, the treatment is, oh, we're going to boost your immune system and that'll help attack uh, you know, this virus that's, you know, running, uh, as a quick aside, is it weird that we have a professional musician in here to teach us about medicine? It is super weird. <laughs> okay, go uh, on. Sorry. I yeah. just wanted to make sure that was noted. Yeah. So, um, so coming out of the doctor's office, I slip on a metal grate Oy. and immediately sprain my ankle. And this was the most intense pain I've ever felt in my life. I could literally do nothing, uh, nothing there, but lie there and just basically scream. Yeah. Uh, mm. And, you know, it was so funny because we had just walked out of the office. So the uh, neurologist uh, hears the scream. We were right there. So he comes out. They wheel me in. They're assuming it's like an Achilles tendon because of all the pain yeah. and all mm-hmm. the stuff. And finally, they just figure out it was it was just uh, a sprained ankle. So why was it hurting so much? I mean, they had to. You know, they started with, uh, you know, I don't know, something simple, uh, some sort of simple pain reliever. Yeah. And before I left there, I'd been like gotten a double dose of Dilaudid and was, nice. you know, still in, you know, a lot of agony. Yeah. And. After that, I was pretty much bedridden for several weeks. Um, and when I could get up, I could barely get up. And but then by the time the ankle healed, now is like really, I needed a cane to yeah. walk. Um, and meanwhile, we're doing the IVIG. We do that for like two or three months. Intravenous what immunoglobulin. Yes, intravenous well, in- that's, immunoglobulin. What a terrifying experience okay. at this point. Not knowing what's going on, you're losing your motor function. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's astounding. So... Uh, you know, your body's kind of basically falling apart in front of you. Um, leading uh, up to this, so yeah, so I'm do I'm going through this, and and leading up to this, somewhere in here, I have like a, a, a fever of unknown origin, <laughs> and wake up with white sweats, and I, I uh, wet uh, night sweats, and and I pass out, and they run a whole battery of Jeez. tests, everything they could think of and came up with nothing. I saw an infectious disease specialist mm-hmm. and everybody was like, this is not good, but I don't have an answer for yeah. you. Um, and so, you know, it's gradually becoming clear something that's just horrendously wrong and I don't know what. And uh, uh, so then I'm uh, coming home, I'm in the driveway, I'm sort of uh, get, getting out of the car. Just, you know, just even getting out of the car is misery and, and I'm trying to... Uh, just slowly walk from the car to the house and mm-hmm. I fall and I hurt my shoulder. And, you know, it's kind of similar to uh, the ankle sprain in that it hurts a lot. Um, Out of proportion to what you would expect. Right. right. So I go see a shoulder doctor and he's like, oh, you know, you probably tore something or hurt something, you know, whatever. We're going to give you a shot of uh, uh, what they give the Steroid. cortisone. cortisone. Yeah. 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 Give you a shot of cortisone. Um, we'll see how you do. And so he gives it to me and, uh, I'm like, how long is it going to take to feel better? He's like, should feel better right now. Try it. It's like, no, it doesn't feels exactly the same. He's like, all right, let's give it a, a week or two. See what happens. So a week or two goes by. He's like, you know, no improvement. So he's like, all right, we're going to do an MRI. 
Um, and so they set up the MRI and I go in for that and another couple of weeks go by. Meanwhile, I'm just like continuing to get worse and worse. And I go in and I do the MRI, I come out and it's time for me to trade in my old car lease. So I go to the dealership to trade in the lease and I'm looking at a new car and my phone rings and it's the shoulder doctor. He says, Hey, are, are you know, are, do you got a moment to talk? I'm like, this is really weird. The mm -hmm. doctor's calling me on my cell. I was like, yeah, you know, what's, what's going on? He's like, yeah. well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the MRI results and you know, I, 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 I hate to tell you this, but you, you've got a, a tumor. Mm. In, in your shoulder blade. No kidding. Um, a really big tumor. And he says, usually when it's in your shoulder blade, it's metastasized from somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. So we got to get you in to see an oncologist. And so he steered me towards somebody he knows or works with that was uh, an oncologist. And so I was like, fuck, holy shit. You know, here we are. Um, and... Uh, I assume at this point when you have a fever of unknown origin, you get scanned from like top to bottom. So I'm sort of surprised that. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, well, you, you know what, though? They might have done like. Not shoulder. Like, they might have done shoulder. Exactly. But, but that's MRI, what I'm saying. As far as the metastasis, imaging like it comes is a, from somewhere. Right. Imaging is eventually going to be done in a case like this. Yeah. Right. It, it Not took shoulder a, until you fall, right. but the it, rest of the body, I'm sure at some point has it, been looked at. It, it took a while to get there. And yeah. so after, you know, now that they identify a tumor, now they do the full body scan. Mm -hmm. um, and so one thing that was, you know, that was the thing I did the very next day. And you go in, now you're in a part of medicine where you get to see the results right away. Right. Uh, um, everything's like, um, you don't have to wait a couple of weeks. Um, That's like nice. They, it's, it's an improvement of sorts. Uh, so, uh, so they do this full body scan and I can see, and anybody can see looking at the scan that there's just one tumor. So, um, it's like, you know, now I'm like, okay, well, what are we looking at here? And I start uh, researching, uh, uh, you know, plasma cell tumors sure. because that's what it's uh, likely to be. Yeah, and perineoplastic syndrome, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, the, the next logical step is to biopsy the tumor. Uh, so we do that. Uh, and, and the oncologist brings me in and, and biopsies it. And, uh, uh, you know, I remember they're, they're pulling it out and I asked the doctor that was in there. It wasn't my doctor, but a different doctor doing the biopsy. I was like, does it, you know, look like cancer? And he's like, well, you, you know, just looking at the cells, you can kind of tell that, yeah, it's something. Um, so it's like, fuck. All right. Well, you good know, thing you fell on your shoulder. Good thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, at this point the oncologist was like, you know, it's, we're thinking it's going to be you know, probably secondary to like testicular cancer or it might be lymphoma Jesus, um, or, you know, something like that, so yeah. some kind of OMA. <laughs> and a lot of this stuff is treatable and even curable. So like, let's not, you know, get too um, freaked out, freaked out. And so I was supposed to go on vacation. He's like, you should yeah, go have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you should go on vacation. And I'm going on vacation thinking I have lymphoma, but there's a good chance it's a treatable kind and, and potentially even curable. And, you know, let's, let's just make this work. And I'm on vacation with my cane in, in Yosemite and, and need help getting everywhere. And I got two little kids and, um, you know, I got this sort of hovering over me and he's like, I'll email you. Um, and just forewarning, my emails are really short 
and really sort of to the point to the point and you're not going to get a lot of you're not going to get emotion you're, you're not, not you're not going to get any uh you know bedside manner it's, it's just going to be you Good. know here's the facts it's nice to yeah. warn someone i'm like all right that's fine um so we're in yosemite and it's a satellite internet connection which is like maybe 20k mm-hmm. you know speed it's like you're literally watching each and every letter you know download um if it downloads at all so i'm checking my email you know sort of obsessively throughout the week and finally the email from the doctor comes in um and he's like all right so uh results are back uh and uh it's multiple myeloma and i don't have a fast enough interaction internet connection to like do any quick research so yeah. i'm like what's the prognosis um and he says tough one to two years what yeah and so i was like holy shit you know just i mean it was just your whole world just, you know sort of collapses yeah. and I'm by myself and like, so I have now have to go explain to my wife and my friends who we're on vacation with and vacation's over. Like, um, we actually leave our kids with our friends so that we can rush back and, um, immediately start on chemo and, um, you know, just get right into it. Uh, cause you know, now it's clear I'm, I'm in and I'm in for a fight. Meanwhile, uh, I'm sort of obsessively researching, um, sort of every aspect and, and sort of kind of continuously leading up to this. And I've developed uh, some Google skills kind of before that I had this trademark battle with this billion dollar, uh, uh, multi-billion dollar international conglomerate. And I won. Nice. And I won in part by just doing killer Google research on trademark law and like kind of using their own methods against them. And, um, it was a real David and Goliath battle. So that was, you know, maybe two years of my life, maybe not just about right before it. So like I was kind of in this like really great space of like having really good skills for research skills, research skills and querying skills. You know, every time I get to a word I didn't understand, I'd Google that word yeah. And just, you know, start to build up my repository of information. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting chemo and that's like, by the way, the most incredibly depressing thing to go through. Cause you're in a room with a bunch of other people who are incredibly depressed. Yeah. You're lucky if you get more than five minutes with the doctor. I remember I showed up with 20 questions. So I'm mm-hmm. like, Hey, I got 20 questions. Can I kind of run these by you real quick? He's like, you can pick two. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, all right, right. <laughs> two. And one of my questions was multiple myeloma, multiple. This is one. What's up with that? Um, and he's like, well, you know, there's often tumors we can't see or whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. He had something. And I was like, hmm. So, you know, I was doing my research on multiple myeloma and I was like, well, wait a second. The incident rate for multiple myeloma is less than uh, well below 1% for under 40. Yeah. Uh, extremely rare. And it's not a common cancer to begin with, uh, but it's, it's extremely rare for under 40. Second problem, multiple, solitary. Uh, third problem, didn't have bone pain. Fourth problem, didn't have anemia. Uh, five problem, fifth problem. Kidneys. My Jeez, kidneys. Good. My, Everything. My kidneys were fine. I, like, I, I just wasn't checking any of the boxes. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to this chemo people. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I don't want to be self delusional here, but 
Are we missing something? Yeah, this doesn't sound right to me. And right. so I kept sort of, I had another point with the oncologist and I was like, look, I don't know about this multiple myeloma diagnosis. What do you think about this other disease I found? Um, <laughs> called Poems syndrome. Oh, uh, called what? Poems, P-O-E-M-S. Uh-huh. Poly, okay. Polyneuropathy, organomegaly, endocrinopathy, monoclonal gammopathy, and skin changes. Strong. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. So this checked all the boxes. Those little red dots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, organomegaly would be uh, lymphadenopathy is is a, uh, uh, a a variation of organomegaly yeah. as far as they're concerned. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely had the monoclonal gammopathy, uh, skin changes, the petechiae, huh. um, and uh, obviously I had the polyneuropathy. Uh, so um, I googled it, and the first thing that came up was. National Organization for Rare Disorders. Right. When you Google poems, yeah. that's the first thing that comes up. Po- I just, this is one of those diseases that you learn about peripherally in medical school, like with the other thousands of these like peripheral ones that you never expect to see. Yeah. And you rarely do. I right. Know. I don't yeah. remember ever learning it. So, so I, I bring this up to the oncologist. He's like, I've been a doctor for 30 years. I've, I've, I've never seen a single case of this. Um, he's like, extremely unlikely. I'm just not buying it. So I'm like, Okay, so I'm like, the the battlefield is now set. He's sort of locked into <laughs> because the treatment's very different. It's I, it's just radiation, right? For well, poems. you know, this is also very interesting. So um, he's like, you know, and the treatment's basically the same. And I was like, hmm, that's not quite true. I mean, in some cases it's true, sure. but um, if it's a limited one place, then you don't need systemic real quick, chemotherapy. Real quick. Is, is this disease still a cancer? Or is it not at all cancer? Or are you getting to that? That always, that every single doctor you ask it to, you're going to get a giant question mark. So it depends on how you define cancer. The word cancer almost means spreading. So if this is a solitary lesion that's not spreading, like it's invading. Cancer is invading. If you take the broadest definition of cancer, which is malignant cells, then obviously it's cancer. um, So you had that for sure. This plasma, this mass they took out was abnormal plasma cells. It's it's an abnormal growth of cells in there. Um, But it's not not cancer quite in the way you would think of it, like an invasive eating into the organ sort of cancer. Mm -hmm. It's what they call hyperproliferative plasma disorder. And so basically your body has like something goes wrong somewhere. Like your, your plasma is made inside your bones. And the doctors can correct me if I'm getting this wrong. Um, <laughs> you doing good. Yeah. The plasma is made inside your bones. And, uh, you know, many cancers and, um, you know, are, are, are the result of random mutations. In fact, there's, there's recent studies about this, this idea that uh, all these things we do are causing cancer. Yeah, they, they increase your risk, but it's often the case there is no cause. And it was just, you know, bad luck. Um, and, in fact, they think it may even be the majority of cases are mm. just random mutations so something uh sets up shop somewhere in your body and starts producing these abnormal plasma cells and unlike cancer it doesn't uh send these cells out and then set up new shops that then take over your whole body it just stays right there and these abnormal cells just keep growing and growing and growing and slowly growing what one doctor was saying she probably had this tumor for 10 or 15 years and then what happens is it hits critical mass. And so um, it, as cells die, 
that process called apoptosis. And as as this as is, this is very good. <laughs> as as cells die, they release these proteins, um, and these proteins. Uh, Either they release proteins or they release cytokines. I get a little sh- shaky it's around this. Probably both. both. Yeah. yeah. Cytokines are just a form of this 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 hormone, the the, the proteins. So um, the that process elevates this um, uh, protein in your body called VEGF, vascular endothelial endothelial growth factor. Endothelial, yeah, growth and, factor. Endothelial. Yeah, thank you. A, no, it's a, a mouthful. All yeah. this stuff. Yeah. So. Um, the, the thinking here is the VEGF, it, this is what controls the production of new blood vessels. Like if you cut your finger, uh, VEGF is kind of what goes to work to fix the blood vessels and, and regrow them. And some cancer treatment are like anti-VEGF so that you stop the cancer growth, the cancer blood vessel. That's how it spreads is by branching out and creating blood vessels to stretch and yeah. travel. So huh. these petechiae are blood vessels. So what's happening is my body's creating too many blood vessels. So what's interesting is the part of your body, let me ask it as a question. What do you think, what part of your body, um, and you you can stay PG, um, what part of your body do you think has the most amount of blood vessels? I'm asking the layman right now. Blood vessels or, or, uh, is that the same as uh, arteries? Do you consider those vessels too? Yeah, or? Um, they're all, they're all vessels. They're all vessels. I would say the artery in your leg. You're right. Really? So, so it's not the <laughs> artery per se, but it's your legs have the high, you know, in terms of your, your overall body, your legs have the most amount of blood vessels. And mm. the reason why is because to get the blood to go back up against gravity, you have to have all these blood vessels to kind of help uh, enter, and, and your biggest muscle groups are in your legs. So you need blood vessels to innervate the um, uh, muscle groups and you also need it to get the blood back up your body. So now, you know, we, we see these medical illustrations that show blood vessels or red blood cells or white blood cells and it looks like there's all this space, you know, they're sort of like floating around like, like uh, you know, we, we, maybe when we were kids we saw, um, uh, you know where they shrink the doctors yeah, down right, in the right. spaceship, and they're God, just sort what was the name of that movie? Uh, fan Voyage Beyond Sp- no, no. Space. Inner Space. Fantastic, Inner space. fantastic Voyage. Fantastic. Inner Space as well. Also, yeah, Inner Space. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inner Space was the remake. Yeah. Um, so they make it seem like it's all this space. In reality, shit is packed in there. Uh, even at the cellular level, it is jam packed. And so um, you start making too many blood vessels. You start cutting into room for other things Got like. It your myelin fibers, which are the, uh, how your nerve signal gets transmitted from your axonal sheath, which is sort of like your main pipe. <laughs> I'm just so impressed. I, now I know if like one of us has to be like Liz, your eye have to like call in sick or something. We have like a yeah. replacement to come in. <laughs> so, um, we're not laughing yeah. at you. I'm laughing like, Oh my God, how are you going to explain what that is? And then you do it. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> And then it makes me laugh. Yeah, right. So it, I, I, I get that a lot, actually. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's really the, the crazy thing is it's 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 all laid out for you on Google. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it's it's actually not that hard. It's yeah. not it does. It's not rocket science. I mean, it's it's sort of packaged in a way that's difficult to read. But like the beauty of Google is you can just you know yeah. grab that yeah. word or that sentence. And, and I mean, the confusing thing, like your doctor and you obviously is that multiple myeloma is a plasma cell cancer. So yeah. I, I understand the confusion and also because poems is 
so rare yeah. that I can't recall even learning it. So. I mean, when you're a hammer, everything is a nail. Yeah. And he had seen countless cases of multiple myeloma. I don't have an ounce of irritation with him at all. My wife yeah. is, to this day, still very upset. Thinks sure. that he, you know, had committed some horrible form of malpractice. And I'm like, no, dear. It, you know, if I had come to me, even knowing what I know now, I would have gone to multiple myeloma right. long before I went to this. Right disease that at the time that, well, let me, so let me flash forward just a little bit more. So, so now I'm like, you know, Hey, well, what about poems? He's like, I, I haven't seen this in like, you know, not once in 30 years. And I see, you know, a new patient every 10 minutes, like, you know, yeah. it's just the odds are just Im impossible. I've heard of it, but never seen it. Yeah. So, um, uh, so, okay. I, I continue your quest no he he he. you know i basically i go back to chemo but now i'm like well, wait a second um i'm a person i use my own brain i don't just because he's a doctor doesn't mean that he's right sure um it's important for you to advocate for yourself that's always something we talk about here yeah and and the other half of this is um you know if it is this thing is so incredibly rare it would make sense that he wouldn't be able to see it yeah and um i need to be careful that i'm not trying to convince myself I'm not dying. Right. Um, I, I need to be careful. I'm not trying to sell myself a story that I want to hear. Yeah. But I also need to just follow the facts and go where the facts go. I'm doing more and more research on, on uh, poems. And I noticed that one doctor is either cited or is the author of every piece of literature on this thing. And, and, and to give you an idea of just how rare this is, I think at the time I was diagnosed, there was only maybe a 100, 200 people that had ever been diagnosed. Wow. Like, you know, uh, and yeah. most of them had been in uh, uh, China. And in fact, the uh, original name of the disease was after a Chinese researcher who sort of identified it was Crofacoxi syndrome. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. So I have to think about your kids. Mainly, I'm thinking about my youngest, who was two. And I was thinking, um, you know, we don't form memories until we're four and a half, five years old. Yeah. So how do I make it long enough so they have some memory, memory of you? Some memory. I've that, had that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so it's all about how can I buy a couple months? Um, you know, how can I, how can I just, you know, buy what time. Are, how can I buy time? So I, I talked to my neurologist. I'm like, Hey, take a look at this. So he calls me back. It's 1030 at night. I'm lying in bed. He goes, Sharky. I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he goes, I just spent all day looking at your charts with a, a radiologist. Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, you're, you're right. We think you're right. We think you got poems. And I'm like, wow. And I'm like, that's fucking amazing. I said, what, what you know, what happens next? You know, I just had uh, the bone marrow biopsy. Um, he goes, well, you know, I think it's going to come back clean. It's like, Dude, that's like, I mean, you guys know. Life-changing. Like, doctors never talk about what the results are going to be before the results True. actually show True. up. Um, so for him. Because you don't want to let that person he's confident. down. confident. Yeah. Mean, that's, so, I'll never say I think it's going to be normal, but I have said like, I, you know, I want to prepare people. If I see cancer, I'm like, the biopsies aren't back yet, but I'm 99% sure this, because I want to prepare people and right. I want it to be like the shocking news when I call them it's, or see them. Yes, yes. So preparing people for negative news is one thing. Prepare, you know, to, to get in front of it and say something positive, yeah. I think is much harder right. because of, you know, what you're setting up. Right. And so like that was an incredibly powerful moment. Um, and so um, I had to go in for chemo the next day. It was like my third or fourth round. Yeah. Um, and I'm lying there getting chemo and the oncologist walks up and he says... 
hey, I, I got your bone marrow biopsy results. I go, and? He goes, they're clean. Whoa. And I was like, that's good, right? He goes, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know, anytime dis less disease is better. Is he's, like, <laughs> he's like, it's great news except for the three rounds of chemo you just had. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, hold on. We, the he treatment is he still thinks said. I have multiple myeloma. And, and he oh. is not committed to poems yet at, oh. at this point. So he's like, he's basically, it's, I'm a version of multiple myeloma that has less disease. We caught it early is kind of what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, now will you buy me on my, my poems uh, theory? And he goes, well, where's the endocrinopathy? I was like, dude, I've been trying to tell you, like, my boobs are fucking killing me. Um, and they're, like, big. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And... Uh, gynecomastia. Gynecomastia. That's your endocrinopathy. Uh, which is an endocrine dis disorder. That's what that word means. And endocrine is the uh, hormone that uh, drives stuff like... Uh, uh, everything. Pretty much everything. Breast growth, right. uh, for example. So uh, he's like, oh, well, you know, treatment's the same either way. And I'm like, bull motherfucking shit. That is <laughs> not true. <laughs> but I'm not going to argue about it. Yeah, real quick, Sharky. Is, it, is there not a... It, what was... Is it to me, I'm just thinking, why not just test for the darn thing? Is it a hard thing it's to, not test that for? Easy to test for? Is yeah. that the problem? Yeah, like, well, I would really think the doctor would just do it. You know, actually, at 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 the time I was diagnosed in 2010, there wasn't really a biomarker that um, you know they they could only rely on uh, clinical analysis of symptoms, which is this yeah, it's so um, rare. So that makes sense. This is the problem with some diseases in medicine is that it's a constellation of things, and there's not one X-ray, there's not one CAT scan, there's not one blood test, there's yeah. not one thing. You have to take the whole picture yeah. and put it together, and that's what we call like a clinical diagnosis. Because mm. again, that's why it's so challenging. That's our patients with like irritable bowel syndrome and Crohn's disease frequently, like real processes, but we just don't have the one thing. You know, it's really yeah. frustrating. They actually do have a biomarker now, which is, I mentioned the VEGF. So if you run a, a, a plasma VEGF analysis as opposed to a serum, uh, and you have to do the plasma because the serum, um, uh, I forget, it either has too much or not enough plasma cells or something. It's, it's, it's hard to uh, screen out the stuff. You get too much noise. You get more signal with a, a, a plasma VEGF blood test. And then if that is above i think 500 mgl does that sound right this is not our this is out of our wheelhouse yeah, at this yeah. point you lost me at um cidp yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was but it, once you're over 500 98 99 percent you have poems uh, but okay. we didn't know that back then got in, it in 2010 so uh so uh so i'm like hey can you can you call the the guy at ucsf and just tell him to look at it so we we go in there um and and now i'm you know, desperately ill. I, yeah. I, I need somebody to hold my arm just to even, uh, you know, walk. And we go in there and we wait and wait and wait. And so he comes in uh, and he says, hey, uh, Sharky, so we've, we've looked at all your scans and your blood tests and everything. And have you ever heard of something called poem syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> and he goes, well, you know, that's what we think you have. And, you know, another thing we want to say is um, 
your neurologist is remarkable for being able to spot this. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like, thank you, wow. my name is Dr. Laguana. And, and I was like, yeah, he's fantastic. You know, Dr. Katz, I, I, I didn't want to sell anybody short sure. because, you know, at this point, I'm just trying to develop consensus. Right. So, like, right. I, I, right. I don't need any of the credit. Right, right. Spread it around. Right. Uh, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you guys can all take the credit. Let's, right. let's, right. let's, let's move on. Done. So he's like, all right, so uh, wait for the doctor. Doctor comes in. Yeah, so, you know, we think we have uh, poem syndrome. And I go, well, you know, prognosis on that is pretty good. And he goes, well, you know, not, it can be, but only in very special patients. Um, my experience is, you know, it's not so great. Wow. And I'm like, okay. His experience, that's like one. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I think he added like two, uh, but they were, senior citizens with diabetes and you know so that was sort of the other thing is like you know when you go through this you see these things like oh five-year survival rate well that means something if all the people getting diagnosed is are uh 20 but if everybody getting diagnosed is 75 then you know you're sort of competing with natural lifespan here so it's 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 uh and and the data can be terrifically misleading uh and this entire experience was a uh very visceral um upfront look at all the different ways data can steer you wrong. And, um, you know, it it, it sort of changed everything about how I look at in terms of of bias and uh, observation bias, confirmation bias. Um, I I became sort of obsessive about looking for these things in myself. And now I see them all the time. It's sort of amazing how, you know, uh, how much of a slave to our own biases that we are. But uh, uh, so, you know, he's like, well, uh, yeah, so uh, what I would recommend is a stem cell transplant. Um, You know, that's that's the treatment. And I'm like, geez, you know, at this point, I think I've read every paper on this disease. And that is just not the frontline treatment for a solitary plasma. So I told him if it was systemic, I would agree. I'm in, you know, sign me up. I thought radiation to that spot. But I mean, obviously, this is like I said, out of our wheelhouse, but I felt like that would have been a reasonable approach. You, you, you're, you're actually dead on. So um, GI rules. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, I emailed this doctor at the Mayo Clinic after seeing that she's sort of the the uh, the uh, who's the Woody Allen character Zelig she's a Zelig of poem syndrome everywhere you look she keeps popping up so I email her and I say you know 40 year old males 9 millimeter plasma cytoma um, 9 centimeter plasma was centimeter yeah 9 centimeter plasma yeah it's a big one (laughs) Um, that's why they said 10 to 15 years uh, that I'd probably had it Uh, and uh distal neuropathy and uh, and the doctors want to do a stem cell transplant and chemo. What do you say? She writes back like 15 minutes later. Writes back right away. She's like, why are they fucking around with chemo if it's a solitary uh, and, and stem cell if it's soli- solitary uh, plasma cytoma? Radiation should be enough. And I'm like, great. Can you tell them that? And she's like, well, I'd have to see you. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, how soon can I get an appointment? And, you know, then it's this whole new round of like, Going through the whole workup again. I, I, I got to, you know, get an appointment. I got to book plane flights yeah. and hotels because I got to get out to Rochester. Um, meanwhile, I just, I turn off the chemo. And, must uh, have been a bold. That must have been a little scary too. That, that was uh, particularly because my oncologist was like, I just don't agree with this. I've seen chemo do amazing things. And I think you're really taking a huge gamble here. Yeah. And I'm like... 
yeah, except that I've seen that the chemo doesn't really um, seem to be very effective in, in treating this disease. It's yeah. not going to increase the efficacy of, of the radiation. I just imagine if you weren't like an inquisitive, informed patient, you know, like it's just, right. it's really hard. Like that's exceptional, like what you've done. And it well, sounds like you did it in a nice, non-hostile yeah. way because I think that can be really contentious the patient and the doctor right. sort of like butting heads like that but it, it sounds like reasonable I you know I think that's the other sort of big lesson here for me my sort of instinct and habit for dealing with people no matter what is going on with them is is to try and build consensus try and um, forgive each other for who we are and our flaws we all have them and um, try and uh, you know work together to, you know, where, where, where are the areas we agree and let's build on that. And I think that really served me well, um, throughout this process. Cause it, you know, at various points it's like, so I'll continue the story. So I, I get out to the Mayo Clinic and I go there and, um, uh, you know, I, one of the questions I, we asked was, is poems cancer? And she's like, did the same thing you guys did. Well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Every, <laughs> every other Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, and then the other question was, uh, you know, do, does this look like poems to you? And she said, yes. And it's okay. Well, you know, what's the prognosis? And she says, oh, you know, two, three years. It's like, really? She said, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Until you get better. Oh, wow. Wow. It's a big difference, wow. lady. <laughs> it's a big difference. I'm like, I thought Mayo was good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, holy fucking shit. And so, um, we walked out of there. She's like, yeah, you know. You, you have poems. Like, this is sort of a classic presentation of it. Um, and you got the radiation? And so she, she drafted this nine-page report, and I took that back to the doctors. Now there's an argument. Right. Um, where the, uh, one doctor, was, you know, the, the two San Francisco guys were uh, kind of pro-stem cell transplant and chemo, and she was like, radiation, 40 gray, um, potentially curative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, I'm like, guys, uh, and, and they were kind of, particularly my oncologist was sort of digging his heels in a little bit. Sure. Um, and it's a backlash effect. Same thing you see with Trump supporters, <laughs> not yeah. to get too yeah. political, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you've gone that far. You, it's hard to back down even right. when faced with evidence to the contrary. The UCSF guy though was maybe a hair more sort of, uh, open to it. Yeah. Like open. And uh, so I, I emailed the report and I'm like, all right, so I'm really struggling here because like, I, I, I feel like I need everybody to be on the same page. And when there's two varying opinions and my life's at stake, that's anxiety producing. And I go, you know, and it's really tough for me when two giants of medicine are butting heads. Yeah. This is all via email, which an, another wonderful gift that I didn't have to you know, wait sure. for weeks to go have a five minute conversation. He writes back and he goes, well, no, she's a giant of medicine. Um, you know, I'm just like a, a you know, well-known specialist. And I'm like, problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> I know which way we're going. <laughs> so long story short, you got the I, treatment. I got localized radiation at, uh, Helen Kettering, uh, nice. and, uh, October of 2010, it was about six weeks, and it was, um, uh, you know, at that point now, uh, just even a, a one-inch curb would be enough to, you know, bring me down. Like, wow. I, 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 you know, the doctor was like, you need to have a walker, but I was really stubborn, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it work with the cane. Yeah. And, 
I had a couple spills and falls, particularly as I went through um, physical therapy. And then we did the radiation. But then the worst part was she's like, okay, after we do the radiation, it's going to be six to eight months before you see any improvement. You're not going to notice anything. Um, and, you know, I knew from doing my own research, it's not always guaranteed to work. Mm-hmm. They might have missed something, could have forgotten something. In fact, well, I saw one paper that said 50% um, success rate. So it's like a coin flip. Mm-hmm. So six to eight months of living with, you know, am I going to live? Am I going to die? Oh am God. I going to get better? Um, you know, and, and meanwhile, you know, you, you need help everywhere, like completely fully disabled. And, you know, s- very, very slowly, maybe around six months, start to notice like, my test was I'd stand in the shower and just try and take, uh, you know, we have like one of those uh, adjoining the master suite, one of those showers that are just big enough, you know, walk sure. in and just big enough to stand in. It's like a little, you know, ensuite. Yeah. A yeah. vertical coffin, if you will. Uh, and so I would stand there with my hands on the walls and I'd try and take my hands off the walls. I'd see how long, how many seconds can I keep my hands off the walls before I got to, you know, before Brace I f- again. F- fall, fall against the wall. So for, you know, a year I, I could do about four to five seconds before I touch a wall. Like that was all I could do. Cause the, uh, the, the, the thing that happens when your nerve speed slowed down, it's, it's kind of like you're drunk in your legs. So when you're drunk in your head, what happens is your brain gets really slow. The alcohol slows down uh, your, your, the cells in, in, in your brain, its ability to process. So your, your, your legs are sending nerve signals. Yeah. But by the time your brain processes them, it's a full 40 to 50, 60 milliseconds later. But you're used to operating on, like, say, a 10 millisecond lag. So that... 40 milliseconds doesn't seem like a lot, but it's enough that if you're starting to go a little too far to the right, uh, you don't catch it until you're a little bit farther than you need to be, and then you overcorrect. And so that's why when people are drunk, they sort of yeah. you know, do that. So I was having the same problem, but the problem was in my legs. So the nerves weren't getting to my brain fast enough. It wasn't my brain that was affected. It was, it was the, the nerves in my legs. So... Um, uh, so, you know, I had balance issues, but then, you know, one day I noticed, oh, I can do 10 seconds. And then, you this know, is after a year, uh, it's like seven, six, seven months. And, and then, you know, over a period of a couple of months, I started like, you know, if I was in the home, I could like get up off the couch and sort of lurch across the room without the cane <laughs> and, and make it to the other wall and grasp something. And like, that was actually huge. That was right. huge. And, and. You know, as you can tell now, I, you know, yeah, came up, came up and came upstairs steps normally. And, it looked pretty normal. I, you know, nobody, nobody knows. Nobody, you know, looking at me now um, has, has, you know, any idea. I, there's still residual uh, neuropathy and, and residual, uh, you know, issues. I mean, even now, like, you know, my, my feet constantly tingle and, yeah. uh, you know, the, uh, that but, kind of stuff. Man, but, you're alive. <laughs> How long did it take to get back to normal? It's still an ongoing process. Even now. Even now. So like this summer, this past summer, after years of trying, I finally stood up on a surfboard. Really? So are you still getting radiation or are you done? No, no. It was, you do it once for like, uh, 30, 40 days and, uh, everything gets worse. Um, so actually at my worst was like right at the, the end of radiation. I just couldn't do anything. I couldn't get anywhere. And it was just like, I mean, I couldn't even get up on the table. They had to help me get up on the table. 
So, um, and that was just sort of the acceleration of, of apoptosis, which was just releasing more of the cytokines, which was just sort of compounding the problem. So, right. okay, fine, you, you shut that down, all right? So now the cytokines stop pushing stuff out. Now these myelin fibers have to regrow. And it's a lot like working off of like a rebuilt transmission, you know, if you can imagine. Um, it's, uh, they, they grow, but it's sort of fucked up. And... Uh, it's also slow, um, that kind of stuff. That's why the nerve stuff, you know, it takes so long. If you slice your finger and it gets numb right there, it doesn't come back for weeks or months. And this is obviously much more severe. And again, you're doing doing great. That's yeah. like amazing to see. So one of the things they talk about is when, when like if your uh, nerves are, are cut, uh, they grow back at a rate of about a millimeter a day. And she had said, you know, two to three years. And one day a light bulb came on to me. How far is it from the base of my spine to my toes hmm. in millimeters? Um, and I did the math and I was like, at a millimeter a day, it's about two and a half years uh, for, you know, that, but that's not exactly how it works. Sure. But, but, you know, it, it does yeah, yeah, give yeah. you uh, a sense of the time, a sense of the time. Yeah. So, you know, you know, at, at about three years, I think I was back to, um, you know, walking in a way that it wasn't so noticeable. I still limp sometimes. And, you know, particularly if I'm doing a lot of walking, like the, the legs get tired before I do, um, still, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, now been seven years. And are these abnormal cells gone now? Or are they still there? Or? Uh, you know, last, last time I did a test was right at the five year mark. Uh, and, uh, my oncologist said, um, yeah, it's, it's all clean. And he said at this point, five years, all clean is, ex would be highly unlikely for this to come back in, wow. in my experience. Now, I don't, whether that's actually true or not is not something I'm interested enough to research to find out. Mm -hmm. I'm just mm -hmm. going to like stick mm -hmm. with that. Uh, because you know, when you get too caught up in this stuff, then you stop living. Yes. And so, um, the, uh, I kind of left it at that and I decided, all right, I'm not doing these annual tests anymore because it's just giving me more anxiety. anxiety. It's yeah. just sure. giving me a lot of anxiety and I know my body and I know what to look out for. Yeah. And, and if, I, you know, stuff starts to come back, then, you know, that means probably I'll have to get a stem cell transplant and, right. you know, and then we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But in the meantime, you know, here I am. Sharky, that's an amazing story. Thanks for sharing it with us. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for the music, by the way. I'm sure you've heard this a billion times, but for for me in particular, during medical school, very long hours can be super depressing. Internship is the same sort of thing as is residency. You really need some something to cling to, and your music was a big part of that for me. Thank you. Same here. Really, yeah. really. Uh, thank you very much. Honestly, very kind of you to say. Not me, but I'll start listening now, and it will get me through my future <laughs> tough times. But thank you so much for Thanks. coming on. And um, so your company is Bandigo, mm -hmm. Bandigo.com, right? Yeah, sure. No? <laughs> I, I don't really care about the promotion okay. and stuff. Well, yeah. well nice. no, let's plug your, your wife's podcast. But uh, also the Bandigo thing, again, if some of your sort of mission is to make traveling more comfortable and safer, like, yeah. you know, we want to do that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. a good perspective. Right. Again, again, the sleep hygiene thing I think is so important. So. Yeah. And yeah. if you haven't listened to Creeper Lagoon, the second best band to come out of San Francisco... <laughs> 
Please do. You can find them anywhere. Maybe the first. If they're up there with Resurrection. Yeah, re- I, I, I think we're, we're, we're on Resurrection's coat laurels or coattails. You know, yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll get there if we if we keep working at it. Right. Thanks, and, then, and you mentioned the, the podcast. I will plug yes, that please. because my, it's so important to my wife. Uh, but she has a podcast. I, I was late to this podcast because we were recording that one. It's called Housewifery. It's two Jewish ladies um Kvetching about everything. Just like uh, us, two Jewish yeah. ladies. Yeah. Kvetching and schlepping all yeah. day long. Uh, and uh, uh, they are very, very funny and uh, astoundingly honest. And uh, it's it's actually pretty pretty interesting podcast. So if well, you get a chance, check it out. We will. We will. Thank you so much, Sharky. All right. Thank you, Sharky. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you have any questions you want us to answer on the show, Shoot us an email at hopquestions at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 408-444-6623. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and review us on iTunes. And tell your friends about the House of Pod. See you next time. All anecdotes and patient-related details were changed with respect to date, sex, and certain details so that patient identification is not possible. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.